all children of God. the bible podcast it's episode 10 episode 10 with your hosts carl peters and ethan schwartz we're back we are back do you know what i was thinking about what it was the time the last time that we recorded here Mm. we had before we recorded that episode yeah we um not that the episode before this one, last week's episode, yeah. was also recorded here, but the first time we recorded here, yeah. we had hummus around the corner. We did have hummus around the corner, and uh, we were dead. Yeah, we we it it killed us. It literally killed us. I I can't recommend highly enough if you're in Tel Aviv, especially in Florentine, the south surrounding South Tel Aviv area, hummus chasson on Herzl Street is just the. It's best. on the corner. It's on the corner of Hertzland Wolfson. Um real delightful food. However, as is often the case with A with hummus, hummus yeah. um, it does you in. So completely. And for for our listeners who I'm sure many, maybe even most, don't regularly eat bowls of hummus and are thinking, What are you crazy? We should say that um in, in Israel and a lot of parts of the Middle East you eat hummus as a Dish, especially in Israel and Palestine, yeah, yeah. You eat hummus as a, a like a bowl of it. You wipe it down with some pizza bread and pizza bread, it. some little maybe some gherkins and like um, yeah. chilies and stuff. Yeah, goes very well. Anyway, point being, hummus is the best thing, and but that's how you're supposed to eat it. It's like I told you, it's like mm. if you're a man, yeah, when you have sex mm-hmm. and there's an immediate desire to just not be committed to anything straight after. Right. I mean, it's a real preposterous idea that you would have sex and then try and do something. Yeah. Because you just want to... You need a second. You need a second. You need to lie down. That's the effect that hummus has. Yeah. And and I am equating it to having sex. In fact, I probably prefer it. I wonder what your wife thinks about that. Yeah. She probably prefers hummus as well. I think she probably does. Yeah. So enough about that. Um, we had a very... It was a bizarre episode last time, in my opinion. Yeah. It was weird because there was like strange behaviours. It was very disjointed as well, and then people kept doing weird things, yeah. like claiming that your wife's your sister and then revealing that your wife is actually your sister and then just stirring the pot because you're God and that's what you're yeah. doing. And, and they, played, they played the king. Um, and God... God's been chipping away. God's chipping away. He's after something. Yeah, he's, he's trying to. Mi- he's trying to get somewhere. He's manipulating Abraham as to how he wants him. Um, so that we we covered twenty twenty one and twenty two of Genesis last time. Yeah. Here we are reading from the New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV. Indeed. Um, this is, now this episode we're going to do Genesis twenty three and twenty four. Yeah. Uh, twenty four is a long one, but we uh, we we get yeah, somewhere. Exactly. So this is Genesis twenty three, Sarah's death and burial. A happy start. A happy start. Yeah. Well, she. Ha- I mean, I think. I'm not a fan. Some of the things she's done to some of the people so far, <coughs> Hagar. I think not everyone will be upset. Yeah. If you if you sympathize, perhaps you might like Sarah if you sympathize with allowing your husband to have, um, 
to impregnate his slave. Yeah, encouraging it. Encouraging it, yeah. And then falling out with him about it afterwards. Yeah. If you relate to that, Sarah, as your girl. Yeah, if that's something you've been through in your life. Yeah. Then I can see why Sarah might be a useful role model for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, otherwise, I don't know what she's really offered positively. Has she? No, I mean, she's she's... She's also, she's had a heart. She's been prevented from doing all sorts of things. Mm. And she's been, you know, she's suffered from being a woman in the biblical era, which is not easy. Yeah, perhaps we shouldn't um, play that down. And also, her husband keeps trying to fawn her off onto other men. Yeah, because he's scared. Because he's a bit scared when they go somewhere new. <laughs> bit scared. Why don't you just shag the king? It'll all be fine. Yeah. That's, yeah. His, that's his answer to everything. Yeah. Sarah lived 127 years. This was the length of Sarah's life. And Sarah died at Kiryat Arba, that is, Hebron, oh, in the land of Canaan. Okay. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Of course. Abraham rose up from beside his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a stranger and an alien residing among you. Give me property among you for a burying place so that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered him, Hear us, my lord. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choice of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you any burial ground for burying your dead. Okay, so he's demanded um, a graveyard. Yeah, he's been like, I'm a foreigner here, but you guys have to give me somewhere to bury my wife. To be fair to him, he's probably distraught. His 127-year-old wife yeah. has just died. He's not seen straight. No, he's old as well. Yeah. He, he, uh, how's he going to survive without her? Also, do the, the Hittites, maybe they know that he's got he's in with God, so they're, yeah, they're they keeping him sweet. He's in with God, he's got some flocks of sheep and stuff. You know, he's, he's yeah. not a poor man. He's got a lot of gold coins yeah. after his Abimelech. He does have a lot of gold yeah. coins. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. He said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of sight, hear me and treat for me Ephron, son of Zoar, so that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. Okay. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as a possession for a burying place. Now this, this will be, today, there are a lot of people in a lot of pretty bad situations owing to this verse yes Um, because the so going back a stage Hebron is a very very um, well it's the second most holy Jewish place is that correct it's one of the yeah it's one of the the, for for this reason for this reason yeah um, it's one of the four holy cities of the of the of the biblical kind of ancient Israel now the the problem now in, in the real world Yes. As we live now, yeah. there is a problem with Hebron is that it sits in the West Bank, or what is known as the West Bank, it, depending on who you speak to. Yeah. Um, and which means that because of this, is it an archaeological site or it's, it's a holy site? It's a ho- well, so it's, it's a holy site. And actually, Hebron is the, one of the most populous Palestinian cities. It's got about 200,000 Palestinian yeah, residents. It's a significant place. Um, large city. And it's, it's the only Palestinian city in the West Bank which also has a 
very small um, Jewish settlement inside it, and so it's small in terms of numbers. So there's about a thousand uh, Jewish Israelis, Jewish Israeli settlers living in yeah. Hebron in the old city. Quite religious people, I think, as well. Very, very yeah. much so. And the the Machpelah, the cave of the Machpelah, is now it's both the synagogue, um, the tomb of the patriarchs. It's often known as in English. And it's also the Ibrahimi Mosque in Arabic. Because, um, of course, Abraham is a very important figure in Islam. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been the site of violence. So whilst... Uh, and and, uh, and it's, it should be said that it's a, it's a very contested place. It's a very, um, it's a, a very interesting place. It's worth visiting in a, if you get the chance. You um, know, in the first episode... Yeah. Almost in the intro yeah. to this uh, this podcast, we spoke about what the point of this or what relevance does it have because actually it's very easy to just dismiss the Bible. Mm. Uh, in, in many ways we do. Yeah. Uh, however, um, when you come across a little section like that which alludes to directly a situation that goes on today, yes, it carries resonance without... So you know, saying what's right or wrong, or no, who, yeah, you know, and we really don't want to get actually too far into the no. uh, the, the, the the status of Israel and, and the plight no, of the Palestinian people because it's not what we're here for. However, you know that is a reality, and that's what goes on, and it and it points back right to, to these pages pretty much exactly. So so the you know the relevance is there, and uh, you know it's crazy, and everyone's mad. Everyone is mad. Yeah. Everyone's always been mad. Yeah. Um, this but, demonstrates it. So actually, listen, we always, I always say to people, like, do your own reading and believe what you yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's what you've got to do. if you get the chance, if you do get the chance to come to this region, you do get the chance to visit Hebron, go there, maybe go on tours, go meet people from, meet uh, Palestinians, meet Israeli settlers who live in Hebron, meet learn about the place it's a fascinating interesting difficult place and we've got sarah to thank for that and we've got sarah <laughs> and, and no no abraham and his negotiations yeah. in where to bury yeah. her you could have just done it in tel aviv and everyone would have been happy now ephron was sitting among the hittites and ephron the hittite answered abraham in the hearing of the hittites all of who went in at the, the gate of his city no, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field and I give you the cave that is in it. In the presence of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land. He said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, If you only will listen to me, I will give the price of the field. Accept it from me so that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth, worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Well, I'll tell you what 400 shekels is worth. Mm. It's about 85 quid yeah, right now. Something like that. So, uh, it sounds a good deal. Take yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. Good land in contested real estate. Yeah. Sense. Don't worry. Don't worry. Nothing will come of it. Yeah. Just take the take the bargain <laughs> and move on. Abraham agreed with Ephron and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites. 400 shekels of silver according to the weights current among the merchants. So, the field of Ephron in Machpelah which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area passed Abraham as a possession 
the presence of the Hittites, and the presence of all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah facing Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it passed from the Hittites into Abraham's possession as a burying place. Well, really interesting is that because Abraham carries a lot of weight in every religion, yeah. you know, especially in this case Judaism and, and um, Islam, mm. No, it's no one's interest. Like everyone is interested that he's buried his wife there. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Um. So I think it's you know it's obviously quite an important place. It, what's amazing is that the prospect that these were real people. Yeah, the idea that is actually uh, the site of yeah. his actual burial of actual Sarah. Like there was maybe there was what, a dude called Abraham and his wife was called right, Sarah. Well, it's one of these things, you know, at what point did did it get decided that that particular place was this particular place that it says? Yeah. Or that, or probably maybe it happened the other way. That place existed and there was, people went to it as a shrine anyway and there was a... How can we boost tourism we, here? Yeah, what, how do we link, what's a good marketing strategy yeah, exactly. for everyone? And maybe, maybe she wasn't 127 years old when she died. Maybe she just looked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough living in the desert. Sorry, Sarah, but you've, you've, you know, you caused a bit of trouble. Yeah, you deserve it. Um, so let's, uh, so that's, the, that's the end of um, 23. Mm-hmm. However, let's, uh, let's, go, let's cut to a little interlude and sure. uh, see what's going on in the crazy world of the internet this week. I love the crazy world of the internet. Well, you know, I really do love our theme music. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't spoke. We spoke about it before. No, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Um, well, you know what? When we're really short on content, we're going to uh, talk about the theme music. Uh, although what I will say is that it was written originally for f- for, us. for us. Yeah. Um, and I watched the guy do it. It's called Amit Maimon. He's an absolute gent. He's a gentleman. He's also one of those men that's intimidatingly good looking. Absolutely. Um. Anyway. I don't know him very well, but every time I'm in the same room as him, I look at him and go, Ah. He's, yeah, it's not worth it, yeah he's he's got like the whole like um dark features green eye thing going on yeah. which is which is crazy uh, anyway the guy's a cool musician and he made the, uh, the 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 theme music for us in which case that doesn't lead us on but I have to doesn't go there anyway we'll segue yeah a, a dodgy segue um what is this week's crazy bible feature well, we're returning to a place that we know well. We do. Um, it is, of course, the Daily Express it's, online. Yeah. Uh, a source of entertainment and questionable knowledge. A, yeah. a little bit like us. A little bit like us. And um, this is an article written, again, like a previous Express article we read, by someone called Callum Hoare. We've uh, met this person. We're pr- I'm pretty sure we've met this person. Yeah. Whether this person really exists or not, still I'm not sure. Not yeah. not necessarily convinced that Callum actually wants to put his actual name to this shit. Yeah, but it might be the same person calling himself Callum Hall. Could well be. So let's find out from the start. If you are actually listening, Callum Hall, please get in touch with us at abominationpodcast at gmail dot com and on t- Twitter. Tell us where you've. How do you source these? We'd love to get inside, kind of see how the sausage is made in terms yeah. of 
crazy vibe on you. Inside the brain of Callum Hall. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Seems like a dark, dark place. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's the, uh, the title? What's the title? End of the world. Does the Bible reveal that Jesus will return in 2019? I feel like everything we do is the end of the world. Every time. Don't worry, everyone. It's, we're, we're fine. Okay, yeah. so what's it saying? Jesus is going to come back. The Bible predicts that Jesus will return again for the second coming of Christ, and many have claimed to know when that day will come. But could it be sometime in 2019? Bless you. Could it be sometime in 2019? Well, we've got the whole year to find out. This was written on January 2nd, 2019. <laughs> so it was a real New Year's type situation. Yeah, or is a day into the New Year and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm already short of, sh- short of shit to write about. Maybe at the end of the world might happen. Many people throughout history have claimed to know the exact date of the second coming, only to be proven wrong. Although the Bible does not reveal an exact date of Christ's return, it does provide some insight into what we can expect. Sounds good. A number of passages flat out reveal he will return. They flat out (laughs) reveal that he will return. Flat out revelation. It's just flat out revealing Jesus is coming back. I quite like his style. (laughs) While others detail what can be expected in the days leading up to Judgment Day. Good. Managing expectations. In Matthew 24, Jesus himself reveals he will return in the future. Okay. He says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. I love the New Testament. There's a guy. Yeah. Who we frequently hang out with. Yeah. Who is fond of or at least is in knowledge of the effects of psychedelic drugs uh-huh. okay. and um, this sounds like some of his uh, revelations this sounds like some of the kinds of experiences that he's had with psychedelics is there a chance that Jesus whilst making that statement was like shrewd up to the max it's quite possible and if he was good on Jesus, that yeah. sounds like fun. And the and the jokes on jokes on us because he just said that like oh my god this guy's like I'm going to come back through a cloud. I People... have an idea for when we do eventually get to Jesus. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at some point in the New Testament when some of this is going down, might be fun. Do you know might what? Be fun. There'll be a lot of people who say, "How dare you say such a thing about Jesus? Yeah. How dare you?" suggest that he might have taken hallucinogenic drugs let me pose this yeah Jesus was a a young man who lived in what is now Israel Mm -hmm. based on what I see around me yes the the average the the average young man here he's 33 when he dies he's 33 when he dies so let's say he said this when he was 29 yeah or whatever Um, the average man here is partial to substances of mind-bending effect it's not a ridiculous idea no and so and I've heard more shit said than what Jesus has said there it would take a long time for us to record the episode if we did drop acid before we recorded the episode but it might also be unintelligible so I think we should do it yeah when we're trying to make like Baba Ganoush out of the microphone or something (laughs) And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man. 
coming in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. I think I just read that bit, but you get the picture. Yeah. Then in Timothy 4, 1 and 2, we are told that Jesus will return with his father to judge all. It reads, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. And then we get, um, as we often do, a picture of the Bible yeah. and a picture of Jesus. This is a Daily Express um, yeah. kind of... Very familiar with the Getty image. Yeah, we're, like, uh, we also... It, it, online publishing, publishing technique of theirs. Yeah. Um, Littering the article with generic biblical and pictures. And then we get a picture of the end of the world. Yeah. Also from Getty Images, which appears to be basically... Like a, a meteor strike. meteor strike, a red, like, uh, rocks in space, kind of flying. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I wouldn't trust Matthew 24, 36 hints at a specific date, but does not outright provide it, suggesting no one will ever know, thus devaluing this entire article over it. Yeah. The text states, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Suddenly he's reading the, the King James Bible, and yeah. it's not clear why. <laughs> the Apostle Peter added to the timing prediction, claiming it would be thousands of years in the future. He wrote, Be ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. This is ridiculous. This is like make, literally making an article saying, "Well, Jesus might might it, it might say when Jesus comes back." And then there's a picture of some fields with three crosses on it, and it says, "Jesus reportedly resurrected from the dead." <laughs> is the caption? Oh, this is just a nonsense. It's like it could be soon. It might be a long time. It's supposed to be on this day, but no one's saying it's going to be March the fifteenth, two thousand twenty-five. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Matthew, Jesus says there's false prophets claiming uh, his return. Um, however, he also does reveal his return would have grave consequences, marking the end of the world in Peter 2. But the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with greatness, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burnt up. Well, what's the point of coming back, then? At no point, and that's the end of the article, in case you were thinking you might get to a point where, where someone suggests, yeah. anyone, literally anyone, Jeff from down the road said, maybe it'll be 2019. Nope. At no point does that happen. But it does link to Eclipse 2019 warning, January blood moon is harbinger of the apocalypse. Okay. 2019 in Bible prophecy, why Jesus Christ will not return in the new year. <laughs> and end of the world 2019 apocalypse oh. to begin this year. Callum, what's going to happen this year? Listen, maybe Brexit's the end. Maybe it's... Brexit's the end of the world. Well, actually, you know what, Callum, to be 
given credit, did not write the one saying that it won't happen this year. That was someone else. I'll, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you what the rabbis think is going to be the end of the year. The end of the world this year. What? The fact that Eurovision's coming to Israel. True. They will probably perceive True. that as some kind of the end of the world. Yeah. End um, of days. Absolutely. Yeah. However, let me tell everyone else, anyone who's coming over here for your let us know and and have an amazing smash the gaff up weekend absolutely party your bollocks off yeah Um, and we'll definitely have a biblical meet up if that's yeah yeah, maybe we'll do it in this like a Eurovision song style interesting difficult a challenge yeah yeah Uh, we're not for challenging we're definitely not look at at the state of us okay um, please actually we always do a little shout out at the end of these if you are Callum Hoare yes call us yeah well don't don't, really. don't call I don't like I don't want to speak to you um, but email us email us yeah. social media is good as well yeah always fine in always fact fine. we're going to find you on social media and we're going to contact you because we love slash are entertained by your um, written output yes we are um, cool what have we got for next week no we don't know do we we don't know yeah okay great enjoy Bye. Okay. Now this is a long one, guys. You might want to strap in. Yeah. This is Genesis twenty-four. The marriage of Isaac and Rebecca. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years. <laughs> he was well advanced in years. Now that's an understatement, unless you stick him next to Noah. Yeah, he was really, really, <laughs> really fucking old. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said to his servant... Does that mean he had a massive dick? I think it does. That's, that's the clear implication. Sorry. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his house, who had charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. Um, uh, <laughs> under my thigh, okay. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live who will go to my country and to my kindred and get a wife for my son, Isaac. So Abraham has just touched up his servant. Yeah, well, he's actually forced his servant to touch him up. Okay. I think, if anything, a bit creepier. Put your hand under my thigh. It depends on the angle as to how naughty it becomes. But we've just established that he does have a massive penis. And he's lonely. And he's lonely. Yeah. Old. Uh... (laughs) But he's blessed, so it's okay. Um, interesting that he wants to continue the family tradition of only marrying relatives rather than, you know, someone who might expand the gene pool a little bit. <laughs> the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which he came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back. There. Don't go there. Yeah. I, I might want a woman from there for him, but I don't want him to go yeah, to that. Yeah. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and he spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So he's, he's reinforcing that. Just don't take him back. Yeah. Like, just, just, don't just, do just that. Don't. 
So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham's master and swore to him concerning this matter. Hold on. I could, re- I, I could read that a different way. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham. Basically, he put his finger in his bum. Mm-hmm. Of Abraham, his master. Mm-hmm. That's naughty. He was like the master. Yeah, so sort of maybe maybe yeah. the servant thing, yeah, is not to do with the person's role. Right. It, they're just talking about their sexual, sort, maybe. you know, their, their relationship to each other. And he swore to him concerning this, like, like fuck you know, about his arts. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. It's possible. I mean, he was pretty old. (laughs) Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, taking all kinds of choice gifts from his master. And he set out and went to Aram Naharaim, to the city of Nahor, who we've actually met before in a previous episode. Yes, yes. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water. It was toward evening, the time when women go out to draw water. Well-timed. Crafty. Using camels to to get women. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. He's really into Abraham. Yeah. This is supporting previous theses. (laughs) I am standing here by the spring of water and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I shall say, please offer your jar that I may drink. And who shall say, drink and I will water your camels. Ah, so he's after a, seems to be after a generous. Yeah, a generous, helpful. Oh, yeah. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. Wow. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Yeah. Before he had finished speaking, there was Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcoth, wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, coming out with her water jar on her shoulder. So just to, just to quickly work it out, Rebekah, yeah. born to Bethuel, who's the son of Milcoth, uh, the wife of Nahor. So Bethuel, the son of Nahor. So Rebekah so, is Nahor's grandson. So Abraham is Rebekah's great uncle. Which means that, yeah. Isaac is what, a third cousin? Something like that? I don't know. Relatively, actually, reasonably distant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, based on what we've seen so far. The girl was very fair to look upon, a virgin whom no man had known. Okay, that's usually how it works. Bit of unnecessary information, if you ask me, but sure. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up. Then the, ser- then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me sip a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord. Da, da, said, da. And quickly lowered her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Ooh, wow. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Well, I think that those are the signs, mate. I think those are the signs that you need. She's generous. She cares about animals. She's done done the whole camel drink thing. Yeah. And, of course, no man has known her. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold nose ring weighing a half shekel, and two bracelets for our arms, weighing ten gold shekels. 
Shekel's about 20p, so it weighs 10p. Yeah. And said, tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, we have plenty of straw and fodder and a place to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the way to the house of my master's kin. What's interesting now is the way he's blessing God and talking about God in the third person. He's not, there's no, there's no direct interaction with God. Yeah, well, he's just a servant, isn't he? He is, but even... He's not a prophet. True, but even Abimelech, like, who admittedly was a king, yeah. got a dream, got God talking yeah. to him in a dream. Yeah. Here, it's not, there's no, it's just like, bless the Lord. I don't know if we've had people blessing the Lord like this before. Yeah, well, I think maybe Abraham's been like, listen, I've got this proper deal going on with the big man. Yeah. Just, it might sound crazy, but, you know, when you're going out there and stuff, just, just, he can hear you, so... Just Say good things. Blessings. Yeah, just yeah. He likes compliments. Yeah, yeah. Out loud, in the third person reference to him. And if you if you don't do it, you've seen what he does. Yeah. The people that get, get on his back. He get mad. <laughs> then the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran out to the man to the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms, and when he heard the words of his sister, Rebecca, thus the man spoke to me, he went to the man, and there he was, standing by the camels at the spring. He said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside when I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So the man came into the house, and Laban unloaded the camels, and gave him straw and fodder for the camels, and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. He said, speak on. Here we go. So we've done a lot of pissing around with the camels. I just want to pause for a second to note that he had men with him who could easily have given the camels a trick. And they've not worked that out. No. He's very keen that Rebecca does the... Does all this... The schlepping. The manual labor. Yeah. Well, and then now he's about to explain it. it so seems. he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master and has become wealthy. He's given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And he has given him all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live. But you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. Yeah, so he wanted, like, for me... It's kind of like, um... Kind of like Jewish people now. Hmm. It's like, you know... I live somewhere new, but maybe I don't want... For example, we live in Britain, but we don't... Jewish people, they don't want to marry people who are British normal British people hmm. they want to go they would rather have someone from their own kind right it's kind of like that it's like I know I live here but I prefer the old lot to be honest it's quite a common impulse I think for a yeah. lot of people it's like eating 
Yeah. You know, I'm... You like eating. Like... Same food. Like, okay, I live here, but I still want Cadbury's chocolate. True. And and baked beans. And baked beans. And, and, you know, I'm crying out for, like, a pint of Boddington's or something. Yeah. Maybe a pie. A pie. I'd love a pie. I'd love a a Holland's cheese onion pie. Pie would be so good. I can go and get a pie here. It's not the same. It's not the same. There you go. I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and make your way successful. You shall get a wife for my son from my kindred from my father's house. Then you will be feed for my oath. When you come to my kindred, even if they will not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going, I am standing here by the spring of water. Let the young woman who comes out to draw to whom I shall say, Please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And he will say to me, drink. And I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Okay. You've been chosen, Rebecca. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her water jar. It was instantaneous. Suspiciously so. Suspiciously so. Almost like it was preordained. Yeah. And she went down to the spring and drew. I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down okay. the jar, blah, blah, blah. We yeah. all remember what happened. Yeah. yeah. And she told them whose daughter she was. And then he gave her this ring and the bracelets and the arms. Now then, if you will deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me, so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you were Rebecca, mm. and you just like, oh, your dad's like, go and get the water. Yeah. I did it yesterday. Go and do it now. Just get the water. Go and get the bloody water. It's your job. It's like yeah. taking the bins out. Yeah. Right? So she shuts off, goes to the water. Fucking hell. And there's like some weird dude at the water with some camels and some other geezers with smelly feet. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you got any water? And she's like, mm. oh yeah, do you want yeah. some? Your camels look a bit ropey as well. Do you want they want yeah. And then he's like, Thank you, Rebecca. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. Uh, oh, what well, we're won the lottery or something, and then he's like, "Ah, you're not real. We won't make you famous." Oh, oh. <laughs> Will we make you we'll famous? Make you uh, listen, there's a bit of a mad family from yeah. where they yeah, they don't live there anymore, but they're from where you're from. Yeah. Bit mad. Don't worry. There's no mother-in-law, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's all good. Um, and there's lots of slaves. Slaves of every kind. Loads. Loads of slaves. They've got money, don't worry. Yeah. Um, this guy's son, who probably's got post-traumatic stress because a couple of <laughs> chapters <laughs> there ago... There was an actual incident. His yeah. dad tried to kill him, but yeah. God said not to. Anyway, so you've been chosen, and there's not really much you can do about it. You can speak to your parents and consult them, but you'll be coming with us. Yeah. Imagine how she feels. I think, I think I'd say no. I'd be like, but she's a virgin. True, she just wants to get laid. Could be. Then, Laban and Bethuel answered, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you anything bad or good. Look, Rebecca is before you. Take her and go. Let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. You know what? They probably wanted to get rid of her. Yeah. Because she was lazy with getting the water. True. She took forever. Yeah. 
When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. Mm. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they rose in the morning, he said, Send me back to my master. Her brother and her master said, Let the girl remain with us a while, at least ten days. After that, she may go. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a very instant decision. Of, oh, bye, never see you again, daughter. Yeah, for sure. But he said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has made my journey successful. Let me go, that I may go to my master. They said, We will call the girl and ask her. And they called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so that answers that question. <laughs> I mean, talk about parents reading the messages wrong. They're like, ah, she wants to stay here for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, She'll like she, to. She needs to say bye. Let's ask her. So, Rebs, Becca, Becky. You, will, will you, do you fancy uh, me going? I fucking, yeah, I will. <laughs> Get me out of this shit hole. Take me. Who is this Isaac? I don't care. Let me marry him. Yeah. So they sent away their sister Rebecca and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Again. We've heard that phrase before. Yeah, people can look into that. Yeah. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Basically, if you don't like someone, you can take all of their shit. Take all their shit. Usually land yeah enough then, of that yeah. then Rebecca and her maids rose up mounted the camels and followed the man thus the servant took Rebecca and went his way now Isaac who we haven't actually heard from since the incident on Mariah because he's been in bloody therapy yeah he literally has disappeared since that point mm. I wonder how old he is does it say in my mind he's like 14 or something no, I reckon he's probably like... Oh, no, we know how old he is. Do we? Yeah, because we know that Sarah died at 127. Oh, true. And um, she was 90 when she had it, so he's 37, minimum. Yeah. Minimum 37. He's getting on. We've really missed a, bit, we've missed a big chunk of your life. Yeah. Sorry, Isaac. Now, Isaac had come from Belaharoi and was settled in the Negev. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up, he saw camels coming. Hey, hey, here we go. And Rebecca looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she quickly slipped from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. Oh my God, this is so sexy. So she took her veil and covered herself. Because obviously he can't see it. Yeah. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebecca and she became his wife. And he loved her. Oh, this is doing it for me. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Fantastic. Sex and death right at the end. There. There's nothing quite like romance and taking her into the um, into the tent of your recently dead mother. Oh, yeah. Hey, put some of your like baby girl. <laughs> smells a bit. Smells a bit, you know, don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, yeah we, you just, we can clean that out. <laughs> you just enjoy yourself. And they love each other. Well, this is a... Yeah, it's a nice ending. It's a beautiful ending. It's 
technically it's a one night stand. No, it's not so, a one night stand. Well, it is at this point. It is at this point. Um, but we know that, you know, they're gonna go on and and be a proper married couple, and um, great. They're both just happy to shag. I think. I think I think they're probably both quite happy with that setup. Yeah. Like we might be giving it a bit of stick, but she was desperate to leave, and yeah. he was lonely walking around the bloody desert. Yeah, it's just like sad about yeah. his mother dying, and he's left alone with his his grumpy old dad who doesn't even have his uh, manservant around to help him. Yeah, yeah. So that well, that concludes the end of um, Genesis twenty four. Yes, it does. And it also concludes this episode. Sadly. Yeah. Um, we we we're letting the uh, emails pile up. Yeah. Uh, sorry that we've not really been answering back um, to some of you guys, but we promise that we will uh, get back to you, and we'll be reading some of them out in the next episode. So please feel free to drop us a line and contact us on Twitter. Yeah. What's the old handle? It's at Abomination Pod. Okay. Um, and you can email us at um, abominationpodcast at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you and tell us what you think. Tell and also tell us what you think about this this story. Yeah, and also um, a favor, please wherever you listen to the podcast, please review it. Please, yeah, it's write, crucial for us. Give us give us a review, preferably five stars, but that's up to you. You might yeah. not like it. I'll take a four. I'd take a four. I'd be happy. Yeah, with if you think we're bad, don't bother. Just don't yeah. rate us. Yeah, if you, if you think we're bad, then go but uh, and still listen because we like the stats but just <laughs> yeah. don't tell us uh, but if you do like what we're doing uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this wherever you listen to us write a review talking about why you like this uh, it really helps get the podcast out there get more people listening to it for sure great well in which case have an amazing week look after each other Absolutely. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.